Welcome to what I'm calling the Fart Fetish Podcast. If there's a better name that comes along in the future, uh, maybe I'll go with that. But I really wanted to kind of control the narrative around the term fart fetish. Because if you Google fart fetish right now, you get a lot of basically just SEO grabbing um, either articles... And if you add podcasts to the search result, uh, podcasts that you know either had one one guest on that had a fart fetish, or goes through the the sexual um, explanation of fart fetish. But I didn't see anything actually coming from the perspective of uh, actual people within the community, uh, people who uh, can actually take this issue with some some semblance of sincerity like i'm looking at articles that pull up and unless it was written by a more uh academic association they tend to immediately either start with a joke they use uh, uh graphics um or memes which could be which which you know i understand why they're done but at the same time they're not taken with respect for the people who actually may be looking for this information. The people who stumble upon it accidentally when they're browsing, maybe that maybe they'll like the cat meme of farts in your general direction. But the people who actually have eproctophilia or, or fart fetishism, they, I think, would appreciate something more serious tone, something a little more professional and that, I mean that's why I made a proctophilia.org and it's not a sales pitch there's no ads on that site nothing costs any money there I just did it because one I knew Wikipedia which had a brief like one or two paragraph article I think if I recall is now just nothing but a redirect because it doesn't matter to uh, Wikipedia and the editors there, the moderators there. You know, vomiting fetish can have a page. You know, one it's, it's one paragraph or one or two sentences. But eproctophilia, no. That doesn't need a page on Wikipedia. It doesn't deserve one. So that's the reason I'm, I'm kind of doing this podcast is because I'm a little bit sick of everyone else People who aren't fetishists controlling the narrative of this fetish. Because when we don't speak out, when we don't have our own blogs or anything else that's not pornography, essentially, we don't get to control the conversation. I don't think that's a place we want to be. I don't think that's going to help us. You know, I know many of us are afraid. I even I go by closet fetishist because... It's something to, to fear, I suppose. But you know what? Nothing good is going to come from hiding who you are and not being honest to people and yourself about who you are and what you enjoy. That's why I did the Ask Ezra, Ezra podcast because he's a friend of mine. I edit the show and I wanted to use the opportunity as, as a way to say, here, look, this is this is the this is the face of the fetish. Not not the only face, but it's it's a face. It's not someone who has to use a pseudonym or or just just talk in a in a in a in a you know a audio only format. This is 
this is uh, I wanted to put an actual face to this fetish so people could see that we're not just you know uh, perverted messages on FetLife or you know just constant like I'm looking for someone to fart in my face in my area I'm this old and I have a big dick or whatever you know like I want people to know that we're normal people you know we may have the enjoyment of an abnormal thing but we're still at our core normal human beings does that matter to the majority no it's gonna you know trolls are gonna troll people are gonna you know do what they do um and that's that's there's no way to stop that because you know what as much as i think people want to you know move forward in humanity and with positivity it's it's not the case many people are just really looking to dunk on people to laugh at them to humiliate them so they can feel good about themselves people don't want to hear nuance they don't want to think about issues they just want to label and move on with their life and if that's the way they want to be about it and they see this and they hear me and they want to make judgments so be it but I don't care you know I've tried to be something in this world for at least a decade and I didn't go nowhere I didn't get anywhere with an audience nobody gives a shit what I have to say I don't have a fan club nobody you know in this community people people actually like me in in the IRL nobody gives a fuck who the fuck I am you know so what the, what the fuck do I care anymore you know sick of playing the social media game and for a world that doesn't that I I don't think they even know what is is actually good for them where the where the positivity in life, the, using your heart instead of your fucking ego mind. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I'm some expert. But we just buy into what is being sold to us, whether it's hatred, whether it's a product, a commodity. We just, like the They Live movie, we're just consuming. And we're not putting on the glasses and seeing the world for what it really is. And maybe that's, maybe that's bad. Maybe if we all did see the world for what it really is, it would all just collapse. But you know what? I can't live that way. I can't live the they live world. I have to keep the glasses on. That's the only way I know how to live. I'm not going to deceive myself into, into being a pawn. But I'm getting off topic. I started this podcast because I wanted to do something for the fetish community. So let's let's go through some maybe articles or something. I don't fully know what to do with this time, but I want to do something positive. Um, one of the only studies that I know of in the fetish community is the one by Mark D. Griffiths. Uh, and it, it the case study of the Brad, which is also a pseudonym, uh, who was 22 in, in 2000, I guess, 16, I suppose. So older now, and I don't want to do that math. So whatever, if you can do it quicker than I am, good for you. 
So I I was never a fan of Brad's case just because it was it was kind of convoluted, and I mean there was bias too because you know Brad doesn't follow the paradigm that I'm used to of you know femdom or any of this. Brad is is more almost a straight, uh, straight you know pure fart fetishist, um, in that he he seems to. Uh, just like the the farting aspect, uh, so let let me read a little bit of this. Uh, olfactorphia, not pretty sure I said that wrong, is a paraphilia which individuals derive sexual pleasure and arousal from smells and odors. Typically, erotic focus relates to body odors of a sexual partner, including genital odors. One arguably bizarre subtype of olfactoria. See, and here's one thing is uh, proctophilia is the rest of that sentence. Is they're already starting with the judgments. One arguably bizarre. Now it is arguably bizarre, but this is a this is psychology today. Should this really start with a judgment? I don't think it should. As someone who comes from the perspective of the community, I, I don't think you should open your article with calling something bizarre. Um, as a judgment. Whereas, you know, articles like Huffington Post, the, the head title is 50 Shades of Smell, What Sex Fetish is a Proctophilia? And it opens with, no need to steer clear of baked beans if you're dating a person with a proctophilia. And I, I, who cares what the fuck else it says? It, it, they believe they can cover these sexual fetishes with that actual people have with inappropriate brevity it's uh, i'm I'm not sitting here like i'm outraged but it's a little this is this is what i mean about not controlling the conversation if we let other people write what eproctophilia is then we don't necessarily have control of what it is we don't get to tell the story of what it is to us and that's, that's why I care so much about this. That's why I started aproctophilia.org. That's why I care about a community actually communicating and, and having conversations, actually having a community, not just a place where people just share pornography and, and request uh, role-playing uh, scenarios. Like, I actually want to... Like, I joined the, the kink community in, in Los Angeles because I wanted to meet people. I, I honestly thought I'd meet a fetishist or at least a, someone who enjoyed face sitting and there probably are people who enjoy face sitting honestly they just don't want to talk about it in the club because that's a face sitting is seen as a sexual thing so controlling the narrative is really important to me if we let everyone else write what fart fetishism is then we better be happy with what they're writing because they're telling the story they're getting to set the parameters. They're getting to set the stage for all the normies, the non-fetishists of what our fetish is. And I think that's wrong. If they're not doing a good job of it, I think that's wrong. And we need to step up and do more. Maybe you disagree. Let me know. Because I'd love to hear it. Because th that's why I'm starting this podcast. That's why I decided, fuck it, and I'm just going to start it. I was going to sit here and do a script or whatever, or figure out how I was going to format it. But fuck it, you know? There's no point in not just doing it and just starting it and trying to 
take back the control of of what this fetish is and at least from my perspective i'm not sitting here saying i have all the perspectives like i know everything and i i get to define this fetish i don't want to define this fetish either but i don't appreciate who's defining it right now you know i think mark d griffiths i i you know phd i think he's whatever i i don't i don't i don't appreciate this study but I think I only don't appreciate it because it's the only one there is. Like, why? Why do one study? Why do any? Now Brad, pseudonym, gets to define the whole community anytime anyone looks up a fart fetish study or fart fetish in general. But I don't think Brad defines us. He's one of us. I'm not saying he's not a part of the community. I don't know who Brad is, a pseudonym. But I don't think he should be speaking or be the only example of our community. Brad first contacted, I'm going back to reading. Brad first contacted me after he read a blog I had written about a proctophilia. I was interested to know the roots of where his fetish began and he explained it all started when a girl he had a crush on at school farted in science class. This appeared to have laid the foundation in Brad's early adolescence of sexual arousal being paired with flatulence. Brad's sexual orientation was far from being straightforward, as he told me. And I quote, I could be any of the three, depending on the perspective. In terms of relationships, I am straight, heterosexual. I could only date and have romantic feelings for a female. In terms of fetishism, I am bisexual. I get aroused thinking of both males and females in these fetish situations. Now, this is abnormal. Now, most anyone I've talked to has not... Uh, or anyone in, in the community that I've, I've come across is, has, has not demonstrated this bisexuality. Um, you know, anyone male, anyways, that I know of. And not that I know anyone that closely, but to the, to the point, I've never experienced, like, anyone who did both. I can think of maybe one artist who, who drew both uh, males and females farting in certain situations. Um, but for the most part, it, it, I never saw a crossover. Um, and I don't see much, you know, I, in my perspective, homosexual man-on-man uh, or man-on-woman farting situations um, in the art I've seen. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's algorithms giving me what I want or uh, there's less of that or or a combination of both and that's not to say i have a, a disgust for like oh my god man you know i'm not like repulsed um but I, I i have no you know me personally i i heterosexual in you know in terms of of what i consume fantasy content wise uh sexually in in IRL, I, I'm mostly uh, asexual, as I discussed on the Ask Ezra podcast. I don't really have a strong desire for intercourse or, or you know, uh, penetration, as it were. How, yeah, so uh, he actually, uh, I didn't read the last sentence uh, just now. Uh, he actually is the same. However, I have no real desire for sexual intercourse, be it penetration or being penetrated, which would make me asexual. So Brad is definitely a nuanced uh, character, since he is a pseudonym. Brad first engaged in an a proctophile act around the age of 16 or 17 years of age. He was with a male friend, and up to that point he'd considered himself heterosexual. This was until he'd heard his male friend fart in front of him. Brad told me that the fart was appealing in sound, and he found himself fixated on it. 
At first, he didn't want to admit he was into farting, but eventually he decided to experiment. He set up a bet and intentionally lost with the wager being the right to fart in the loser's face for a week. He continued to lose such bets once every few weeks over a period of two years. His sexual attraction to flatulence grew in young adulthood, he told me. To see a beautiful, delicate lady passing wind is a breach of those expectations in a profound manner. That a beautiful woman is capable of producing a disgusting sound or smell is what attracts us. See, it's it attra- it's, it's he thought he could speak for the community in some ways as well by using words like us, and it makes us want to experience it. But Brad doesn't get to speak for all of us, pseudonym, because one, Brad is a pseudonym, but two, that's not everyone's experience. I don't think that's everyone's uh, I don't think everyone is defined by this sentence, that a beautiful woman capable of producing a disgusting sound and smell is what attracts us. I don't think that's what attracts everyone to this fetish. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that's what attracts me to this fetish. So the use of the word us, and maybe it's just a, you know offhanded comment, but I don't, I don't appreciate being defined by one person, one pseudonymous person, to paint the whole fetish. I'm not saying we need a study of every single one of us. I doubt most of us even want to be studied. Most of us probably don't even want to talk about it. Brad's account of early erotophilic experiences are suggested of behavioral conditioning or sexual imprinting. In this case, classical conditioning, where being sexually aroused by an attractive woman is paired with something that is not inherently sexual, in this case, flatulence, and then starts to become an erotic focus in and of itself. Brad has also very specific criteria for the behavior to be sexually arousing. The person had to fart while fully clothed as it sounded better and the smell was longer lasting and the farts had to be acrid smelling. Again, very specifics, but at least the the author knew to write in terms of Brad's criteria, pseudonym, not all of us. Obviously, Brad is unlikely to be representative of the entire proctophil community. I appreciate this paragraph. So further research is needed. Thank you. Where are you, Mark? We are currently carrying out interviews with other proctophi... Let's see it. We have recruited from the online Gassy Erotica form. Like most paraphilias, erotic... A proctophilia appears to be found mainly in men, although the anecdotal evidence suggests it's mainly found in heterosexual males, particularly attracted to female flatulence. The accounts that I have come across suggest that farts are typically targeted at the face and sometimes more specifically at the mouth, the ear, the nose. Some claim that proctophilia is a softer form of corporophilia in which people are sexually aroused to feces. The majority of proctophilias accept their fetish and don't believe there's anything wrong with the behavior as long as it's consensual. To put that as a little judgmenty, but I get it. It's written from a perspective of not people like us. I guess this uh, study was actually in uh, 2013. It's odd that it's taken him so long to talk to the other fetishists at Gassy Erotica. Uh, on my own website, I where did I take my definition? From US, UCSB Sociology, which is now no longer there. For some reason, they've removed that page from their website. But what it did say, according to my writing, is Eproctophilia is a paraphilia that involves sexual arousal from flatulence. Simple enough. 
This arousal can come from one or more aspects of flatulence, including smell and sound, but it has also been known to be adjoined with an element of domination and humiliation. This was me adding my own bias, I guess. For others, especially in relation to heterosexual males enjoying the flatulence of females, arousal with a proctophilia lies heavily in the taboo aspect of witnessing a societally forbidden activity. That was me giving credence to Mark Griffith's uh, argument or study, I guess. Uh, and it references it there. Uh, many of those with a proctophilia enjoy experiencing... This is how a proctophilia works. Again, according to me, because this is only me talking. Many of those with a proctophilia enjoy experiencing or fantasizing the fetish in a romantic or consensual consent, i.e. with a loving partner or trusted friend. There are those, however, me, that enjoy the context of masochism with flatulence, especially experiencing it or imagining it used as a kink element in play scene of consensual non-consent. Why a proctophilia? You know, there's many answers to this. The Brad example was, you know, his experience, I guess, at 16 or 17. Me, I have no idea personally. I've been fantasizing about it since early adolescence, at least probably since I was nine, I would say. No, no, it'd actually be a lot earlier. I remember further now, uh, since at least the first grade. So I don't remember how old I was in the first grade. But since the first grade, um, I'd been fantasizing about it. So whatever experience imprinted on me had to have been very early on because I, I definitely know I was, um, I was fantasizing this fetish within, uh, within the, that first, uh, first year of, uh, of schooling. Or for, what, the second year? I don't know. First grade. Uh, I write about uh, rel- related kinks. Uh, two aproctophilia, face-sitting head scissors, breath play, and body worship were the ones that are uh, obvious to me. I wrote some references to aproctophilia. Stephen King made a, a comment uh, or, or uh, I guess an event in, from his early life. James Joyce's uh, letters, uh, which mo- I think more people are familiar with. And uh, even uh, Ben Franklin, though, uh, I wrote not necessarily a sexual affinity um, wrote a letter about the importance of farting in, uh, in a letter he wrote to the Royal Academy. Uh, perhaps as a joke, perhaps not. I'm not sure exactly how. Uh, I'm not sure about Ben Franklin's history. If you look up fart fetish right now uh, on Google, you get an article from Men's Health, which I'm 100% sure does not open with anything respectful. People like to tie in scat play and fart fetishism together because even this article in men's health fyi being turned on by farts is different from scat play which entails bringing fecal matter into the sexual interaction so yeah i i started this i don't know if i'm doing a right thing or not or a helpful thing or if it matters or if it'll even keep going because i i don't know what to talk about you know on a week-to-week basis what to say you know it doesn't see, feel like we have a community that, you know, people are, are hiding. So they don't want to reveal anything about themselves for fear of it connecting them to their real person, you know, as opposed to their fetish pseudonym. I think that's the first step, honestly. I think the first step is to dropping those barriers as soon as we can and embracing this embracing this community embracing it as a community and actually coming together you know 
if I if I had a location, I would love to start a community group where I am and just have people come and, and just chat like normal people, just to, to remind ourselves that we're not just some crazy fetishists behind a computer screen, that we're actually people in the real world and we we like things that aren't just farts and we have other experiences and other things we enjoy and other things we can talk about that aren't just farting. I'm tired of feeling alone, you know, and I'm sure many of you out there are too. I hope this, you know, can help. I hope this can be something for our community to rally around, to get inspired by, be yourselves, show yourselves. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be troll-free. But I don't think anything good comes out of us hiding who we are. And we don't get to control the narrative. That's the worst part. We let other people write who we are. And I think that's wrong. And I think that's going to make what they write wrong. Or incorrect. Or lacking in nuance. But I think that's all I got for today, for this first episode, until I can figure out something more solid to do. But that's going to wrap it up for the Fart Fetish Podcast. I've been Raj. I hope you enjoyed listening. I hope you get inspired and, and do something and be a part of this community in, a, in an active way, in a positive way. Until then, bye now. <laughs>